And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on today's podcast, I'm going to hit on some of the latest and greatest Disney news from around the theme parks and talk a little bit about some of the goings-on. We start off by talking about Cars Land. As you may recall, about this time last year, we were talking about the potential for Cars Land to be recreated lock, stock, and barrel from Disney's California Adventure to be brought over to uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. And along the way, there was some discussion about maybe they would leave out a couple of things, maybe they would revise a few things, but you'd have a lot of the same features that you have over at uh, Disney's California Adventure in Disney's Hollywood Studios. And the objective was they were going to remove the uh, lights, cameras, motorcars section and put that in there. Well, news comes that it looks like that's probably dead for now. They're probably not going to, going to go ahead with the Cars Land for, at this point anyway, for the foreseeable future. Now, that could always change, as, with, as it always is with Disney. No thing ever goes away completely. Things stay on the drawing board, and it could turn back up later. For the moment, they're still trying to figure out how to kind of revise the Hollywood studios to make them a little bit more compelling for guests. But at the moment, there is no Cars Land plan for it, and that's kind of sad. Now, the good news on that is that the uh, planned Star Wars expansion, so that whole area, is still on the drawing table and is still slated for mm, sometime in the not-too-distant future. There's not a lot of discussion about dates or specifics, but it is still an active topic that's going on, so it looks like uh, Star Wars land will move forward in the relatively near future. Now, on the other side of it, uh, at the uh, D23 convention, Avatar Land came up as a topic for discussion. There were some conceptual models, some videos, some things like that that the Imagineers put out there. I still don't believe that Avatar Land is actually going to get built, but I could be wrong. Uh, At this point, I think it's more uh, window dressing, and they're talking about it to try and make sure that everyone's happy. But I have the feeling this one is not going to come to fruition. There's still talk about the potential for it going into Camp Mini Mickey over at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, but there's no guarantees that that's going to happen or when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. So stay tuned to that one, because I think that one's going to get a little bit of traction for a while and then fade into the background as well. Now, there was an interesting story that came out in the last week or so about the guest assistance cards. Now, the way this works, you, as a a person with some sort of a disability or some sort of a need, could go over and go to any of the guest relations areas at any of the theme parks and get a guest assistance card. And what that allowed you to do was basically bypass the lines in most cases, to be able to go right on the attraction without having to wait through the queues. This is especially helpful if someone has some sort of a uh, disorder that uh, causes them to have trouble in queues, um, some uh, issues uh, with people physically or mentally, or you know something in between, maybe the nervous system, where they uh, would have trouble waiting. So uh, they used to have that uh, policy in place. Now, 
because of this story that broke, oh, probably a couple of months ago, where some people were abusing the system, some uh, people who were running Disney tours were actually using disabled people to get the guest assistance cards, uh, basically to bypass the lines, or at least that's the story Disney is telling, they're going to do away with the guest assistance cards. And I find that kind of interesting. You know, just kind of the way it plays out, it, it seems kind of odd to me that they would change that policy completely. Now, one of the other things that they're doing is they're replacing it with a disability access service card. Now, what kind of bothers me about it a little bit is Disney tries to stay away from anything that's not politically correct. And they tend to call, call people um, as guests. They talk about them as people needing special assistance and so forth. They've never used the word disabled before. And I find it interesting that they're switching to this term disabled to kind of fit it in there. Now, I did read an answer to someone's question to Disney, and Disney posted something back. We would like to share an upcoming change in the guest assistance card. Disney has an unwavering commitment to making our experiences accessible to all guests. After careful consideration, we will be replacing the guest assistance cards with the new disability access service cards on October 9th to create a more consistent experience for all our guests while providing accommodations for guests with disabilities. Until October 9th, we will continue to use guest assistance cards. We look forward to sharing more information about the disability access service cards as we get closer to implementation. They also included some frequently asked questions. Among them, how will the new Disney program work? The disability access service card will offer guests a return time for an attraction based on the current wait times. Did Disney receive assistance in developing the disability access service card? Yes, Disney is engaging disability groups and Autism Speaks was instrumental in providing feedback as we developed the new process. Why is Disney making the changes? Given the increasing volume of requests Disney receives for special access to our attractions, we're changing our process so that it creates a more consistent experience for all our guests. Who will be eligible for a disability access service card? Our goal is to accommodate guests who aren't able to wait in a conventional queue environment due to a disability, including non-apparent disabilities. Will guests on wish trips also use disability access cards? No. Guests who are visiting through wish-granting organizations will have access through a separate program. What should guests do if they have concerns? Guests should contact guest relations to discuss their assistance needs. So again, this is just kind of interesting how Disney is sort of changing the paradigm for themselves and uh, doing some things differently than they had done in the past. So if you haven't heard, Sam Genoway's book, The History of Disneyland, is now out for print and should be available probably about the time this podcast airs. You can find a copy at all of the available online retailers. I'll put a link in my show notes page. And of course, if you want to go back and hear more about this book and hear the complete story, you can listen to the podcast I did with Sam a short time ago. It's in episode number 147. It's an interesting look at the history of Disneyland and really of Disney in general. So I highly recommend it, and the podcast was a lot of fun. Sam's a great guest to have on. Turning over to the resorts for just a moment, the Polynesian Resort Hotel is now getting a Disney Vacation Club property that's going to be built around it. Uh, it'll be out on the lagoon side, so uh, they'll look for they'll have a property there where I'm sure they'll have a fireworks party as well, similar to what they have at the Bay Lake Towers. More news will be coming about that soon. If you're interested in a Disney Vacation Club property such as that, you may want to check with the uh, DVC and find out how soon it'll be open and when they'll be previewing it. Now, after a nearly six-month uh, rehab, or it might actually be more than a rehab because there was actually some new things that were opened around it, the California Grill at Disney's Contemporary Resort reopened in early September. 
The press release reads like this. With sweeping views of Walt Disney World's resort from the 15th floor of Disney's Contemporary Resort, the California Grill opens its doors on September 9th following a major makeover that redefines Disney's culinary scene. The spacious dining room is transformed with modern style that captures the spirit of California through the design scheme. Cuisine, too, has been reimagined with seasonal ingredients and a lighter fare such as baked local prawns with charred lemon and wild Columbia River salmon with Zellwood sweet corn pudding. And the sushi bar expands with a multi-course omakase menu featuring pristine seafood. Food and beverage offerings at Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts have evolved considerably over the years and play an integral role in the memories guests make with us, says Maribeth Bessonier, Vice President of Food and Beverage and Merchandise for Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts. More than ever, we're applying the same principles of creativity and attention to detail that guide our theme park experiences to the development of our food and beverage offerings. The new menu, decor, and ambiance at the iconic California Grill continue that evolution. Across four theme parks and 25 resort hotels, Walt Disney World boasts an amazing and diverse portfolio of dining experiences. From healthy offerings to celebration foods, from a quick bite to an elegant table service meal, guests have a variety of choices unrivaled among vacation destinations, enjoying an experience only Disney can deliver. Now, they do go on to talk about the actual uh, eye-catching interior, but I think it's something that you really need to see to really appreciate. And I'll have to post some pictures to my uh, show notes page so that you can see that. And then also on the menu, um, it's because of this new creative seasonal type thing. There's really no set menu. You'll have to go there to experience it and see what types of things they have. I imagine they'll have some sort of favorites that will appear there occasionally. But uh, in general, I think the uh, menu will continue to evolve as the seasons do. Also over at the resorts, uh, the resorts are now going to enforce pool hours. used to be that the uh, lifeguard would be on duty for between certain hours, and the pool was still accessible to guests at uh, hours that were after. What they're going to do is they're going to start changing it, enforcing the, uh, the rules by turning off some of the lights and actually putting a fence around the pools to make it inaccessible at off times. Now, there's a couple of reasons why this could potentially be happening, one of which is that there is some pool hopping that goes on. People stay at one resort and then go over to the pool at another resort because it's easy to get to. You'll have to use your magic band in order to get into the pool area. So I find this to be an interesting little twist on something that they're doing. Of course, Disney uh, reveals it as being a safety issue to make sure that no one gets hurt when there are no lifeguards on duty after hours, but you have to kind of wonder about that a little bit because how many times have you ever heard about anyone getting hurt after hours when there's no lifeguard on duty? Yes, you're trying to protect yourself against that happening, but just kind of interesting that it would go that way. Something interesting that caught me caught my attention outside of the Disney parks, uh, that Disney is uh, doing a stock buyback program, and recently they've started to accelerate that buyback. Now, you can't read too much into this. Um, companies tend to do stock buybacks at various times for various reasons, but I just found it interesting that they decided to accelerate their stock buyback program in spite of the fact that the stock is doing really, really well. Sometimes companies will start to buy back their own stock when the stock price isn't doing so well in order to protect themselves from some sort of a takeover. In this case, I don't believe that's the case, but it's interesting to see them buying back the stock and kind of investing in themselves. It goes along with all of the other investments, capital investments that they're doing. For anyone who's interested in going to the uh, Walt Disney World Christmas Day Parade and being in the broadcast uh, when they're actually taping it, they will be taping it this year on December 6th and 7th. They do it over the course of two days to get the best views, the right lighting, make sure that it's a sunny day, the whole shoot and match there. Make sure that it looks really good for TV. So if you're interested in being in the uh, Christmas Day Parade, the day to go, December 6th or 7th, and there's at least a possibility that you would be shown in the crowd shots as they uh, pan around. So that's uh, kind of a fun thing that I just heard about and I wanted to share. 
Well, Disney's Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is kicking off again. It actually started about a week or so ago and goes through November 11th. You can go and uh, savor some of the tastes from around the globe and uh, go in and enjoy some of the different uh, activities that will be going on around. So Disney guests can grab a Marketplace Discovery Passport and embark on a global tasting tour at the 18th Annual Food and Wine Festival. The 46-day festival celebrated for its inspired food and beverage marketplaces, high-energy concerts, and premium dining event debuts a Scotland marketplace and adds a fresh flavor to the Brazil marketplace returning by popular demand. Griddle lobster tail with garlic butter sizzles at the hops and barley marketplace by the American Adventure, and the aromas of more than 25 ethnic and specialized markets from Africa, France, South Korea, and, and local Floridian flavors waft across World Showcase Promenade. Guests can have their own complimentary passport stamped at each location for a fun festival souvenir. Disney guests can catch culinary demonstrations by celebrity chefs like Kat Cora, Warren Brown, and Jamie Dean. In all, there will be more than 270 chefs, including Disney chefs and culinary stars from across the country. There will be a party for the senses pretty much every Friday during the festival, so you can check that out. And there's a premium event, including the uh, Scotland Land of Food and Drink and the Parisian Breakfast on uh, Sundays. So you can go and check all those out and uh, and see what's, what's going on. It's included with your Epcot admission, at least the general admission part of it. There are some special events, but you can go and check out more information if you're interested in them. Over in downtown Disney, well, what's being reimagined as Disney Springs is now taking shape. You're starting to see the parking garage being erected on Disney's east side uh, so that they can start to uh, flow traffic in there. So for the short term, parking over by the west side is your best bet, and parking may be a little bit of a challenge. So if you're staying at a Disney Resort property, you may want to consider taking transportation over to the downtown Disney area. But it should be interesting to see where this all kind of uh, comes out and plays out, because I think it's really pretty neat uh, the way they've done this. I think it's really, it has the potential to be kind of neat, though it's going to lose its charm as what downtown Disney was originally intended to be. But uh, we'll see how it all kind of plays out. I I always find it interesting uh, when Disney makes a change like this that has no apparent purpose, but I guess because downtown Disney has become more of a destination-type place for people to come, and it's evolved past Pleasure Island and some of the things that they used to do, they're coming up with new ways to uh, kind of make it appreciate and uh, have people uh, get there and really uh, be able to take it in and enjoy it. Turning to Disney Films... Disney is delaying the opening of the two of their upcoming Pixar movies. The Good Dinosaur was set to be in theaters on May 30th of next year and has been delayed until November of 2015. The movie is set in a time when humans and dinosaurs coexisted in the world. The film's director, Bob Peterson, was replaced last month, so many Pixar fans correctly assumed the movie's release date would be pushed back by more than a year, as it turns out. Because of this delay, the next film that Pixar was going to produce, Finding Dory, will also be moved back. The Finding Nemo sequel was due to come out in November of 2015. It's now going to hit for the summer movie schedule in 2016. Now, given all the delays, Pixar's next movie won't be in theaters in 2014. It'll actually come out in 2015, and it's called Inside Out, about the mind of an 11-year-old girl. Now, since Disney realizes that there will be no Pixar films in 2014, and that hasn't happened in nine years, uh, they will be producing a movie called Maleficent. It's the live-action version of Sleeping Beauty, and it'll star Angelina Jolie in the uh, title role. So look for that one to come out in May of 2014. And that pretty much wraps up the news segment that I have. Now, before I go, I wanted to point out to you that I have put out another iPhone app that's Disney-related. This one is for finding and collecting press pennies from around the Walt Disney World Resort. 
You know how it goes. You go to the Walt Disney World Resort. You're not exactly sure where the machines are that have all the pennies. You kind of happen upon them sometimes. And then you have to decide, do I have this one? Do I not have this one? Which ones do I have? Maybe the machine moved. Maybe it changed. Wait a minute. Where would the rest of this series be? You can go over to Guest Relations and you can get a sheet of paper that explains to you where all the pressed pennies are and what's in them and so forth. But it's lacking a little bit. So I created an app specifically for pressed penny collectors. You can go and download a copy of this app. Hey, it's only a dollar. And you can find all of the pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort, where they're located, and actually say that you have it in your collection. So the next time you go, you can actually say, oh, I already have that one. And you can make your life really easy. And you can take pictures of ones you already have so that you can add them to your collection so you can already know they're there. It'll help you to find them. So say you're collecting a series and you have three in the series and you want to know the, where the other five are because there's an eight, eight total in the series. It'll show you where the other five are if you just search for it. And then you can go around and collect those pennies. So it's kind of a fun little app that makes it a, an easy way to keep track of it. Plus, of course, I show you pictures of the pennies so you know what you're looking for. So it's an easy way to take it with you, whether you have an iPad or an iPhone or an iPod Touch. With free Wi-Fi at the Disney parks, it's really easy to get to the data and be able to store it. And then you can keep track of all the pins, uh, and then you can keep track of all the pennies you're collecting as you go through the Walt Disney World Resort. So I hope you have fun with that, and you, you like it, and you download it, and tell your friends about it. Now, don't forget, I have two other apps out there as well. I have an app for pin trading that lets you collect and share all of the pins that you have collected and be able to have a wish list of pins that you're looking for. And, of course, there's my really fun Hidden Mickeys app where you can go and find Hidden Mickeys around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you can share new ones if you find ones that aren't even in the, in the database yet, and uh, we'll keep that up to date with you. So I hope you go and you download those. I'll have links to it, descriptions on my, uh, on my website, on my I'll have links to it and descriptions on my show notes page, so please feel free to check it out. If you have any questions, just send me an email. It's davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Always happy to hear from people who are out there and are Disney fans just like me. So I hope you enjoy all of that. Well, anyway, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on disneyworldpodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 